G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast coming at you 24 hours behind schedule after a hefty Anzac weekend, plenty of footy locally and uh, on an AFL perspective for both JLo and myself, but we're back on a Tuesday night discussing plenty of bits and pieces to do with footy. We talk about Brodie Grundy's knee issue and what coaches should do if they have him in their fantasy outfits. We then talked about the five squads who are at the bottom of the ladder ranked uh, with a one and five record and kind of talked if any of them can salvage their season. Of course, we would uh, have to cover the NBA playoffs and we turned our attention to a couple of the new award recipients and then dove pretty deep into a couple of the different playoff series that are going on. The Brooklyn Nets are obviously out now, so we touched on their future. We talked about Donovan Mitchell's hamstring, the Pelicans and the Suns in an enthralling battle, and the last time we went through playoffs without a first-round sweep. So let's not waste any time. Let's dive right in. Twenty-four hours uh, behind schedule, but doesn't uh, mean that because it's Tuesday we can't sit down and have another yarn. How are you on Tuesday evening, twenty-sixth of April, Jaylo? Bloody good, mate. Like we promised the fans, GSFL win number one under the belt. Party pretty hard. Only just feeling better, sort of about midday today. But uh, for everyone who's wondering. The Albany Sharks are 1-0. So, podcast done. Uh, yeah. We've given the people what they want to hear. Great wrap-up. So. Yep. This is obviously what all the boys week, wanted guys. to know. Matty Martin had 10 shots on goal, kick four snags. Uh, work a bit more on that conversion rate throughout the season and provide you with, uh, yeah, valuable GSFL updates. But, now nah, in all oh, seriousness. One fracas. Yeah, only one. Only one. Yeah, only <laughs> one. Kept, up, kept the average up. Average. One one fracas, one fumble, uh, one handball, I reckon. The frosty yeah, stat line. Well Something like that. Yep. Uh, my fantasy score probably would have reflected uh, something like Zach Butters this week. Uh, he did not have a lot of the pill, considering his team got up. I want to start with AFL Fantasy, because I've had a bit of a tinker and a bit of a play. Unlike you, I don't think I've hit my straps uh, at midday. I'm still feeling a little bit uh, worse for wear, but I have been... Uh, eyeballing my fantasy side because there's a Brody Grundy sized issue that I need to address. Uh, big man is out for potentially up to three months. You were uh, throwing barbs around all weekend saying that blokes that picked Brody Grundy to start the season were fools and he didn't see, uh, didn't see his uh, fantasy pedigree coming to fruition in 2022. Uh, and he did actually look, Pretty good in the Anzac Day clash for what it's worth, but he's got PCL issue and he's going to miss, like I said, 10 to 12 weeks. So you obviously do not have big Bradias Grunderton in either ruck slot. Who are yours? Uh, Rowan Marshall and Prusy. Prusy, that's right. Yeah. And it's working well. It's working all right. Yeah, can't complain. It was a, uh, like I said, it's a big, big gap to fill. And I think I'm going to do a little bit of tweaking and toggling and uh, just go with some like real cheapies in the rucks. But if you had Brody Grundy in your side and you were looking to move, what do you reckon you'd do? A lot of people will probably just flick him straight to Max. Makes a lot of sense. I can see why people would want to do that. The bloke is 
Oh, yeah, I think it's fair to say he's the form player of the comp at the moment, if not one of them, but it'll cost you about a hundred grand to do so. Do you reckon that's the smartest move and what coaches should just do and not think twice? I'd be saving money, boys. Be yeah, got to save that money. Shout out Lil Dicky. I'd um I'd be eyeing off Laddams, maybe. Um yeah, probably Laddams would be the my first thought. Um who the hell is the backup Ruckman? Is it Darcy Cameron for Collingwood? Yeah, and well, he now might be the lead man, and Mason Cox is probably coming into the side. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're up shit creek, unfortunately, there, boys. Um, at least the good thing for a lot of blokes is Riley o- and ladies, probably. Um, <laughs> Riley O'Brien uh, had a good game finally. So mm. maybe there's a little bit of uh, faith you can throw his way. But um, yeah, I'm glad I just didn't buy into any of this ruck drama. Gorny shit at the start of the year. He's obviously come good now, but. Oh, just a headache. And it, it was, this was the one year I was like, no, nah, I'm just, first thing I do when I make my team, just go on, Gorn, 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 Grundy. Gorn and Gundy. Yeah, Gorn and Gundy. Yeah, yeah. Still on the, I'm still on the comeback. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not thinking about it, but cooler heads prevailed. And I've, I've gone <laughs> the complete opposite way. And now I don't have to worry about all this drama. So. Good luck. But those are probably the two I'd think about. Laddam's probably got no one in his way for that ruck spot. He's still out for a while, isn't he? Yeah, he. I think he honestly did a similar injury to Grundy. I don't know if his PCL is going well, to keep him out. Shoulder, maybe. Shoulder. Uh, mm, yeah, regardless. Either way, you're right. I don't think he's coming back soon. Um, so, yeah, that's bit, that'd be where I'd be thinking. Uh, you could just save a ton of money and go way down to old Port Adelaide Hazy. who didn't mm-hmm. have a bad game. So, mm-hmm. you know. And that way you could just, you can get fucking some jets in. Um, yeah. Fix your back line if it's dodgy, Frizy. Um, I know your midfield's looking pretty nice, so maybe you can plug holes elsewhere. But it, you know, in... X amount of weeks, you are going to have to plug that hole again. It's sort of like um, just push it. a catch-22. So. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe don't go too low. I don't know. See, instantly I was like, oh, I'll just chop him out. I'll get gone. I've probably got the 100K line around or I could downgrade a rookie to do that. But I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm contemplating something a bit different. I think Port Adelaide Hazy for St Kilda Hazy was going to be my first trade before all this Grundy shit hit the fan. Um, saves you about oh, 150k, maybe a bit more. Got a negative break even. He's got St Kilda on the weekend, does Sam Hayes from Port Adelaide. So, you know, not the easiest task if Paddy Ryder, assuming he comes straight back in. Rowan and Ryder as a tandem probably poses a bit of a threat to the big man, but I don't hate the idea of uh, potentially going down that route and then I might even vie for a Tim English in a couple of weeks. Uh, That'd be ideal, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think part of the reason I want to do that is I looked at Laddams. Don't know if I've got enough balls to pull the trigger on that. Riley O'Brien could and may still end up taking that spot, but I can just do a little bit of toggling, put Rochelle onto my bench, uh, trade Grundy out, and like you said, put Sam Hayes in, and that means I can turn Brody Grundy into Toke Miller. Too bad. Mm. Um, any, will Sean Darcy enter the 
health and not health and safety concussion, concussion ones. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if there's anything that's been reported about it, but the bloke got concussed, like copped the knock yeah. to the head, didn't finish the game, got subbed out. I can't see any world where he gears up to play Geelong. So bit of a bugger, but mm. yeah, I think Team English is the one that I'm contemplating. Uh, obviously, his daddy's hammy, so I can't get him now. But yeah, there's not a ton of other like rucks that I really love. Riley O'Brien, maybe, but I'm like, well, I don't mind just really like throwing uh, whatever the saying is, <laughs> Go, going balls deep in the rookies and uh, having Sam Hayes, Braden Bruce, and I uh, got Tristan <laughs> Cherry still <laughs> in the <laughs> Tristan <laughs> Cherry in the uh, forward line who can toggle through that group as well. So. There's three boys we're really, there. That... We're, we're really not on right now, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Frosty, that might be your worst quote of all time. It's probably up or there, that. let's be honest. I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking maybe, Sherry, um, you could just <laughs> plug a hole for a while. <laughs> um, with a plug a hole with a – he's not a rookie, is he? He's almost a rookie. Um, yeah, he counts as a rookie. Yeah, and just sort of see how you go. Um I guess the question always is, where do you think you're going to get the most value? Is it an upgrade in the midfield to Tuke or whoever you go for there? Or mm. is it, you know, or, or do you think trading up to Gorney is worthwhile? It's, I don't know. I, I I would potentially go up to Gorney, just set and forget, you know? That's probably the route, uh, the smartest decision and one I will go down, but... It's just been fun to have a little bit of a toggle and look at a midfield that's batting six deep with Took Miller at number six. Bloody oath. Bloody yeah. oath. Like uh, JLo alluded to, midfield's looking pretty strong. Last week traded in Sammy Walsh and skipped him on debut, but slipped a bit in rank. Large fries and Coke didn't have the weekend I would have liked. Part of that was because of Zach Butter's crappy score, as I alluded to before, but had Rochelle on the field over Nick Martin, fell for my first of the season classic. Oh, oh yeah, I'll go change that. When's the game start? Oh, no, it's already started. Shit. Oh, nothing worse. Yeah. So uh, Nick Martin on the pine and Rochelle on field, I think that cost me 50-odd points, uh, and that probably would have put me at 2,100 exactly. So, you know, could have been worse, but there were a couple of duds around the weekend. Uh Record all the way through the fantasy season. So I want to pose you the question, who's the bloke that isn't in your team right now that you want the most? Yeah. But it, it's a, that's a personal thing. It's not a fantasy thing. All right. So how about like um, someone who's gone gangbusters? Because for me, it's probably Cripper because I missed out on him to start the year. Haven't got him. Could honestly do this Grundy to Crips move. Doesn't I've got shitloads of blokes in that round twelve buy, so it doesn't really help. But um, yeah, who's the bloke that you're missing out on? Um, regret sort of not going the Rowan Marshall Tim English rough mm. duo that we sort of talked about. I mean, obviously the injury kind of makes me feel better. Um, one of the ones that I'm sure plenty of blokes missed out on was. Sorry, plenty of people. Um, was Doc? I reckon he's yeah, it's a great. He's call. Obviously, he's probably um, D one right now. Him or Shorty. So um, that's that kind of hurts. And I guess the other one, I had him and then I chopped him. Who was that for? Oh, Andy Brayshaw. So it worked out all right. But Zach Merritt, 
It's just yeah, comes straight okay. off an ankle, drops a one fifteen, hit his break even. Um, so he's he's one of those blokes who I would just love to start or get back in as soon as possible. So probably honestly, Tuke is I'm sort of say because I love him, but um, Tuke's another bloke. He's been a bit flat, but I feel like he's sort of playing back into I don't know top player contention. Mm. Um, probably just losing a few points to old Noz Anderson. At the moment. Yeah, he's rolling, eh? Uh, Tuki, for what it's worth, you're right, did have a little bit of a down slump. Didn't really put up numbers that we associate with Took. Uh, back-to-back games, we had zero tackles, but had eight on the weekend, 111. Seems like he's ready to just hit that mark consistently again. But and the, the thing to remember about Took is he was minus six for like the first half of the first quarter, and he probably finished <laughs> yeah, he that quarter on like less than 10 or like 10 or something, you know, like something ridiculous. So he, he put on like 90 in the the last three quarters. So probably adjust that to more of like a 120 and, you know, everyone would be laughing. Anyone who bought two Kim could have been me. Could have been laughing. Could have. Tell could've the uh, sports be fans, which, uh, which way did you go instead? I zigged to uh, Baz Smith um, just on sort of looking at his scores that he'd already put up. I just thought, you never know. You never know. He might honestly average 130. And then everyone at the end of the year, it was just another Took Miller last year situation. Is what yeah, true. I didn't want to miss out on the train. I knew he would make me money. And he did. He got a 91. I captained him, which sort of hurt. But, um, you know, you can't be unhappy with 92 um, from Baz. And he, he, he was flying in the first, you know, quarter and a half. So I think that'll... Uh, I think he's. I think he's still a dominant player. Don't know what yeah. his um, time on ground was, but it's probably monumental again. And probably a thousand percent. Yeah, it gives me one. Yeah, a thousand percent. One one thirty, and uh, I look like a genius. So you can't really be unhappy slinging Bailey Smith into your side. You know, even if he doesn't live up to the hype, time on ground and points wise, he did have ninety two percent time on ground again. For what it's worth, unbelievable. All you yeah. have to do is, if you're feeling bad, if you were like me, you bought Baz Smith in, he gave you a 92, you captained him, just go onto the fantasy app on your computer or on your phone, click on ba- Bailey Smith's profile and just look at the bloke. That's a star. That's a superstar. He's so good looking. He runs like a demon. He's got that flowing mullet. And now you feel good again. So, you know, you're, I feel you're right. I went Baz, but... Part of me wishes I should have just stuck with my bloody heart and gone. And gone the Tookton. Ah, well, you win some, you lose some, and uh, some pick Brody Grundy in their teams. Uh, what's your uh, early moves looking like heading into round seven? What's on the agenda? Uh, obviously, Hayes is gone. Yep. So chop him out. And I guess the, the question I ask myself is, do I go, what's his name? Hazy? Port Adelaide? Yeah, do I go hazy on like what's he worth two seventy or something, or do I just go you know what fuck it I need the extra money um, and go down to Luke Strunka <laughs> or however you say <laughs> Strunka to Luke oh Lukey and just throw the money on Rochelle who's also ready to pop mm. so i've got no injury trades um thank goodness that i know of yet teams haven't been announced mm. but 
It's looking Not clear. Good. And with that money, if I do go Luke, then I'm probably bringing in the bloke I would have had at the start of the year if not for all this, you know, the COVID weirdness with West Coast, Tim Kelly, yeah. who's coming off his 113. Ooh. I feel like he's over. I feel like COVID sort of hit him as like he was still getting over COVID, hadn't trained. Um, he looked bloody. Well, we watched him in awe in the preseason, just looked mm. phenomenal in what was a pretty shitty West Coast side. And I just think he's, he's primed to pop. I mean, he's 27. What'd they lose yeah, by? 70, 80 odd, let's say. I think it was 88, I think. TK still had uh, 31 touches, seven marks, and 113 points. So, you know, I, I, I'm going to say it. I reckon they're going to beat the Tigers this weekend. Yeah, and you know what? Favorite team to play for Tim Kelly? The Tigers. Who gives up a ton of midfield points? The Tigers. So I'm feeling know, pretty good, good at with Tim Kelly. Also play Friday night, so I can put the V on him, see how he goes. Just in, just sit back and enjoy That'd be good old fun. Timmy and then win round two of the GSFL <laughs> season. And we uh, get regular scheduled podcasting back onto Monday. No Anzac Day games and a very, very vanilla weekend of footy with your Friday night running through to your Sunday night. So there's no Thursdays, there's no Mondays, there's no chicanery along. So just like good. in the good old days of footy, what it's yeah. supposed to be: Friday to Sunday, footy fest, traditional. Uh, yes. Yeah, I reckon uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Coasters gave uh, Greg Clark a game as well as a uh, 190k Ooh. midfield debutant. So oh. again, I, I, I could do like. I'm going to do a hundred different things this weekend. Everyone could, obviously, with their trades. But in another world, I might even get him and Sammy Hayes for port and just keep Grundy on my bench and then just go bang, 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 three upgrades in a row when I finally want to cash out Grunderton. That would be bloody beautiful. If, if Greg Clark comes in, I'll be putting him straight in. That's yeah, it'll be hard to avoid goal. him. Um, like I said, i Think that the uh, Coasters can get their season back on track with a win against the Tigers. Two and five, uh, sorry, two and four Richmond are, one and five the Coasters are. Obviously, they've been smashed with injuries, COVID protocols, all sorts of shit. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, teams who are tied at the bottom of the ladder, along with those aforementioned West Coast Eagles, because we currently have five squads sitting at one and five, but I think. Each of their one and five seasons so far tells a bit of a different story, if that makes sense. So there's a couple of teams in there that I see sitting at one and five and I see that on paper and I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. You lost this game in this scenario, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't feel as bad. So going to run the five uh, clubs through and I want you to tell me who do you reckon is destined to stay right in that bottom portion of the ladder or who you can see ascending, starting with the West Coast Eagles. Do you reckon the boys are... have kind of done their dash and they should turn to the kids or do you think that it's a, a bit of a tall task or? There's a lot of talk that we will be turning to the kids, but that could just be the West Australian media, mm. you know, and that, and that's one thing about people say, say it all the time. West coast fans are the worst because we just turn on our team so quickly. Um, I've got a, I'm a little bit more optimistic than, 
the media. I don't think they'll play finals this year. Nah, I neither. don't think they'll finish bottom three, though. Um, if you ask me who I think will finish bottom three, I'll be buggered if I know, mate. But mm. I, I just I think West Coast has got enough up forward, enough up back, and their, their midfield's pretty solid. Obviously, Natanui being out, pretty painful, but he comes back in the back half of the year. The AF, we say it a lot, the AFL season's fucking long. And, True. Uh, yeah, we're only a quarter of the way through. That, yeah, there's a whole lot of shit that can happen to a whole lot of teams. So I think we'll be better than where we are. we third last right now? Or are we last? Second last, 17th. Yeah, I think we probably push for 12th ish, 13, 12, mm. which is not that exciting, but, you know, I'll take it. I tend to agree with you, to be honest. I think, you know, you lose. They lost McGovern for the Derby, was it? Uh, what game did he miss? Anyway, you lost McGovern for a game. You've lost pretty much anyone of note in that Eagles side has missed yeah. a game already. The midfield's been pretty choppy. They haven't had any Dom Sheed. TK, like you said, got COVID. Luke Shuey, I swear he's like been in and out already twice this season. Like yeah, he has. Yo, he got concussed on the weekend. There's just been no star power really in their lineup and it hasn't really been through any fault of their own there's a couple of boys who i think are approaching the twilights of their career and they're probably on the on the edge of like a new chapter for the coasters but i don't think that they're as bad as their record suggests like they're only sitting in 17th due to percentage and i mean if they had a loss to port by 50 instead of 88 or whatever it was they might be sitting like 15th and you're like oh well that's you know they're only just in the bottom four. So you can look at it through a couple of different colored glasses, but I think that the coasters are the team that can bounce back up the ladder. I agree around the 12 ish mark is probably where I see them finishing the year. I think the big thing that hurt West coast and why everyone's freaking out, obviously it was an 88 point loss, but it was 88 point loss to 18th place. Um, and I'd, I'm sure we're probably going to talk to them about them soon. It might be a nice segue, but there's no way Port Adelaide is the worst team in the league. They're, they're actually fucking good. I still think... I, I can't see them coming all the way back from where they, they were, 0-5, to make the finals, but I, I think they're a top eight quality side. They've just... I don't know what's happened. It's been a weird start, but this happens, you know? And maybe they do have enough time. Good, big win against West Coast. Looks like they got some forwards firing. I didn't watch the game, obviously, thank God. But um, I think they can sort of make a big push. So losing to them isn't as bad as it might seem. Oh, I, I agree, especially in Adelaide. Connor Rosie's firing back in the midfield now. They've still yeah. got Charlie Dixon to come back. We've talked about them, I think, almost on the podcast every week. I don't think they're as bad as their record suggests. One and five isn't, you know, they're not one and nine. Like, it's not the end of the season there would probably love to have a couple more dubs on the park, but you've take out the loss after the siren to Adelaide and they'd be sitting 12th. And, and it also feels like a much more level playing field than past years. Maybe, maybe last year was a bit similar, like, but you know, everyone's got to win. That's, um, North probably didn't have a win till around fucking 11 last year. So automatically that sort of just tells you, you know, like 
there's a ton of there's a ton of teams at 50 uh, 500 there's the doggies richmond gold coast with two wins geelong and carlton just ahead with four like it it's not going to take a whole lot there'll be plenty of those teams who are in the top eight or around that that mark who are going to just go on a weird losing streak like i'm sure the hawks will probably have a weird little run because they're young yeah They'll come back to earth, I think, a bit. And I think they've been overachieving. There's going to be drops and there'll be jumps. And yeah, there you go. Port Adelaide's 14th. So what are we fucking talking about here, boys? You know? Yeah. Uh, The team that's currently anchored at the bottom, the North Melbourne Kangaroos, I think it's pretty clear to say that they're going to be around that mark, if not hold on to that spot for the rest of the season. Average losing margin of 53 points so far this year. So. No one expected the Roos to bounce up the table. Uh, and you, fair enough, if they get the spoon, I don't think anyone will be surprised to see that either. But Bombers and the Giants are the other two sitting at uh, 15th and 16th at 1 and 5, unless you have anything else to uh, add to the North Melbourne uh, chapter. Do you believe either of them could bounce up? Um, North Melbourne do have a few blokes to come back in. Few really good mm. handy midfielders, um, so that maybe is just worth thinking about. Because Simpkins good, you know they've got Larky to kick to. I really rate Larky. I really like him. Yeah, he's good, um, lively. It, but it does look like they've got some systematic issues that needs addressing. So I can happy to move on now. But I just you know just got to throw them a little. Go get any get shin two cents out in. there. Yeah, just throw them a little shin bone. Um, who was nice. the Giants and the Dons? Hmm. See, I'm out on both of them, eh? The Dons are fucked. Um, they've just got they've just got no one to kick to. I think that's pretty much. Hey, I swear we said this last week, and they have a uh, two-meter man named Peter that can take I a mean, couple I'll clunks. Like Peter, right? But there's just no help. Like, <clears throat> what's his name? Friggin' the ex-West Coast guy, Alec. Alec Waterman. Waterman. He's crap. I know he kicked four on the weekend, but he is so bad at footy. Like, if West Coast in the position they've been were willing to let go of him, that says something about you. So, mm. shout out Jared um, Brander. Yeah, they've got a great midfield, but they're just a bit young around the edges, and Draper's a bit young. Um, so they're in real trouble. I think they'll. I, I could honestly see them finishing dead last. Um, yeah, right. Which is weird because like two years ago I had them for top four, but. I could see them finishing dead last. The Giants, I'm a little bit less inclined to sort of think that they're going to stay where they're at um, just because they've got just unbelievable firepower through the gut still. Um, they got some great defenders. Obviously, Phil Davis going down really hurts, but Nick Haynes is no scrub. Is it um, Sam Taylor? Or... Yeah, Sammy Taylor. Yeah. I reckon he's elite. Arguably, um, like... Oh, I don't want to say best backman in the comp, but he's probably in the combo. He's, he should be in the combo. He's not. Um, and, you know, they had a bit of weirdness going on with their, their ruck division with Priestley getting those is it two suspensions now or some shit, you know? Like, oh, he was hurt oh, and he, then he missed one no, game. He was suspended and, going into round one, wasn't he? Yeah, he might have been. Yeah, I think he was suspended in the preseason. You're right. Yeah. Suspended that sounds right. round one. Yeah. So there's a bit of uncertainty there. And, I think the big thing for them is they just got no one to kick goals. Like Himmelbird's scrub, um, but Toby Green's back, so yeah, I that's think true. they'll slowly rise up. Um, don't think they're a top eight. Can oh, they're a contender maybe, but I don't think they'll make the top eight. 
Um, but I don't think they're as bad as their start of the season sort of shows. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, feels like the Giants always start a bit slow. Or am I just weird, like, mm. thinking that? I don't know, to be honest. I would have to do a bit more number crunching, but it, it sounds like a plausible thing. I mean, they ended yeah. poorly against Frio when we beat them, but you're right. Their on-paper talent makes me think that they could bounce back up, but I don't know. For whatever reason, I'm just really out on them at the moment. Not out on Leon Cameron as a coach or as uh, the leader of that, like, lead them into the future. I don't think his seat should be too warm. It's probably getting warmer, but I think he's got enough yeah. runs on the board. I don't know if he's a good coach. Mm. I, you know, I mean, like he's had a lot of talent Grant. to work with, right? He he maybe he's just not a great player manager. We got to see him in that AFL Amazon Live thing, yeah, and it just didn't ever seem like he got it right. You know, like he he totally destroyed Cogs's confidence, and like I don't know, I just there's something I just reckon he might need to get the axe. Put Al Clark Clarkson in there, mate. Oh, Someone. God, that'd be a great addition. You know what I mean? Like, get really yeah. get them going. I reckon second time around, you're right. I think he's a good coach, but I think he's not good yet. Oh, that's weird, you know, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think of those squads, those one and five, who do you reckon uh, finishes the highest? I think I'd have Port. I think I'd back yeah. them in to climb the highest up the ladder, but do you reckon anyone can surpass West Coast for that coveted 11 or above spot? Giants could. Yeah. Giants could. I, I think if you, if you put their list side to side, the Giants might have a better list. I'd agree with that. I don't know. Yeah. Depends if Nick Nutt's playing. You know, I, I don't know. It's a really hard question. There's no, it's it's very murky down, down the bottom of the old AFL ladder, as it tends to be. But... Mm. Um, yeah, fuck it, I'll back West Coast in, you know. It's a, it's a great organisation. It is, yeah. They have a great culture and uh, a great leader in Adam Simpson. I think, yeah, you're right. We've said for years now that it's such a wide open competition and there are some teams that are sitting in that bottom 10 range that you're like, oh, what the, this is fucking weird. We're six weeks into the season and the dogs are 11th. Speaking yeah. of, actually, let's talk, let's talk about the Bulldogs. What the fuck's going on with the Bulldogs? Yeah, so what happened on the weekend with them? I kind of forget. They so they lost to the Crows um, by a point, and I ended up re-watching that game because we were doing footy shit uh, while it was on live. And the last, like, quarter or so was pretty, like, hot and intense and, like, it was actually really good footy. But Adelaide just seemed like they were up to the task and the Bulldogs... I think Tex Walker kicked the goal that put them in front and then Bont kicked one really late to draw it back to a point. So effectively Adelaide were up by seven points with, you know, a minute or two minutes to go, but they just haven't really hit their straps to start this season. I put money on them to win the flag. I thought that they would be like come out looking for blood after falling short last year. But, and again, like sim very similar to the giants, they've got an elite midfield. They actually have, too many midfielders probably, but and they got some pillars at each end of the ground, but everywhere else it just seems like they're dropping the ball, eh? I wonder if it's a bit like what we I feel like the Giants have fallen victim to is they've got too many stars and you know, like 
I think if you're in at this level, you need blokes to just play a role. Mm. And I don't, maybe it's the, the doggies and the giants, those like absolutely stock midfields and stock lists. Everyone wants a piece of the pie and everyone wants to get their numbers and perhaps they're not ready to win. Like, you know, Richmond is the ultimate example over the last few years. There's that many. In fact, they, they only had one real genuine star in Dusty and the who would always go out and just do whatever the fuck he wants. But everyone True. else played their role down to the T and they've, they've become a dynasty. And it was role players just fitting in and fitting into the structure of what they were trying to do. And the, the D's are probably the blueprint now. Like they've got a couple of absolute world beaters hmm. and the rest of the blokes just play their role. You know, like Angus Brayshaw, Angus, yeah, Angus Brayshaw, had that one huge game, but he's just going back and he's just going, yep, yeah, no, nah, I'm just happy to average 70 fantasy points and get 50. Yeah, I'll play out the halfback line, no worries. Yeah, and, you know, and they've got blokes to come back to, and I think maybe that's what the doggies aren't willing to do. So, and perhaps the Giants and, you know, there's probably other plenty of other teams who aren't willing to do that. Maybe that's that would be the one thing that can sort of explain the doggies being so weird. They got a uh, a date with Essendon this week that'll hopefully help them uh, right the ship. But you know they flogged the ruse by nearly seventy points. But Richmond beat them by nearly forty the week before that. They've just got win loss, win loss in like really weird fashion. So Mm. yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping that they, like you said, it's a long season. I'm hoping that they can find their mojo. Uh, One more little thing I want to throw at you before we dive into some hoops talk. Uh, done a little bit of thinking about this. I want the sub rule tweaked. Now, I kind of actually think that the sub and having a sub is here to stay, and it's actually not a terrible thing in the AFL, but I think that they should change the rules around it because we see some dudes sit on the sideline and are hardly use the entire game. You see blokes be like, oh, yeah, he's uh, he got a sore finger or he rolled his ankle or something. Yeah, sure he did. And then the sub gets made. But I reckon the rule that they should change is you can use your sub whenever you want, if it's for an injury reason, obviously. But once one team's made the sub, the other team can use theirs. Yeah, so what um, Craig McRae was saying. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever. You can. You, it, there's, there's no rules against that. You can just no, well, it's done a finger. You just said, so, yeah, that's the thing is like it's not being policed at all. So I don't know why we're still kind of just playing this game. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a medical sub. I think it was John Ralph, one of the like major footy heads, kind of like put to Twitter something similar. He was like, yeah, can we like, is anyone actually policing this? Is there any reason why such and such was subbed because he had a sore left toenail? Like it's become a bit of a farce, I think. And I think that that AFL should just like, yep, this is the way it's used or, you know, it's back to the days um, before left in the AFL when they just had a sub. It wasn't necessarily known as a medical dude. could be used whenever. I don't know. I agree. don't know if I agree. I I just feel like it's a bit murky, eh? Well, but I think it's okay. Like there's nothing to – oh, sorry. There's nothing to stop Craig McRae from on the weekend because Nick Hine came in, right? Hmm. Craig McRae could just be like, uh, now they've got all this run. We don't need the height. Actually, the height helped them in the end because Darcy Cameron kicked the goal. But they could have subbed Darcy Cameron out then 
and just being like, yeah, he's got a fucking corky and that's fine. And then it's working the way it is that the risk you run though, is if someone else goes down with an injury and you faked it, then you're a man short. And so yeah. I actually have no problems with it. And I think the reason they wouldn't change it to, you can just use it whenever you want because then, because it was for medical reasons. And I think they did it to slow the game down. Is that right? All right. But like, you know, there's no one. They wanted less collisions. Yeah. I I mean, know why having a fresh bloke would help, but there's still teams that, just to go on the whole game without using the sub. And I guess I'm not saying you have to use it if you've got one, but I feel like if they stripped the medical label off of it, like they're still, like you're saying, you could just get away with murder and be like, yeah, no, he's got a cork. But there are some teams that are still trying to do the righty and be like, oh, no, no one's hurt. Sorry, whoever the sub is. Can't, can't remember who Collingwood's sub was. was like, yeah, no, you're just sitting on the pine for the rest of the game. I reckon they're choosing not to, like, they're doing it to stay within the rules and the spirit of the game? Or do you just think that if they wanted that player playing, they would have named him? And he's he's literally just there. Oh, <clears throat> well, you never know. We might, someone might get concussed in the first quarter and we'll need you. Like, I think it's a I, bit I of both. I don't see any reason to change it. And it does, what McRae said didn't make much sense to me, if I'm being honest. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a little bit all over the shop, but I think it makes sense to... Yeah, try and iron out some of the kinks and like the wording behind it all. Because yeah, I mean, it seems like every club's just using it willy nilly whenever they want. But I'm sure there'd be a couple that are like you said, they'd be using it for different tactical reasons, or they'd be saying, "Yep, this bloke came in the game with a migraine. He's now busted his ankle and he's sore and he's not playing. He's out." Or this person has concussion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just the uh, the rules Nazi in me, but I reckon it could uh, could use some fine tuning. Yep, fair enough. Yep. yep. Uh, basketball. Let's talk some hoops. Let's do it. Plenty going on uh, once again. There's one of the series in the books. Uh, mm. I think there's mm. three. No, nah, actually, I think in every other series we've got, oh, bar one, we've got a team leading three games to something. Okay. Can you name the one that's 2 two? Mm. <laughs> Not quick enough for a podcast. If you gave oh, me that's all right. Ten seconds, but I'll put you out of your misery because uh, one of them, one of the teams on one side of the ledger, has the most improved player of the 2021 2022 wow. season. So Jar Morant has been named the MIP, uh, first bloke ever to win Rookie of the Year and most improved, which surprised me somewhat. Uh, do you reckon yeah, he? Yeah. Oh, not in the same year. You're what do you mean? Fan. You're the you're the you're the rookie of the year. You're a future star. We all know you're going to be a star. I I hated that Jar got it. All right. Well, that ties into uh, where we're going. So who should who should have got it? Uh, I would have voted Darius, but if um, old mate Spur Murray Deontay, got it, I would have been yep. just as happy. Yeah. I just think, I think that jar was in it was a fast. If you average over twenty points a game, piss off, you know. Like he was already, uh, yeah. If if he was already averaging twenty points a game, which I'm sure he was probably pretty close to last year, if not more. One step ahead, you can't win it. You're already a star. You're already a fringe all star. Get out of here. Yeah, 
I get where you're coming from. I mean, he went from 19 points and seven and a half assists to 27 points and 6.7 assists. So he bumped his scoring up eight points. And I think the reason he won it, actually, the reason he won it is, and I think probably why I would have voted for him, even though I don't know if like it fits the whole ethos of the most improved player. Like they should probably look at it a bit differently. But making that leap from star to then become like the guy is the biggest leap to make. Natural progression wise, I mean, he's only in his third year, so it wasn't like he was never going to make this leap. But I think number two pick. That, yeah, that coupled with Memphis becoming the two seed and the charge they went on, I think is why he won the award. Like, to be honest, Desmond Bain probably should have won it over Jar. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, and I know what you're saying. A lot of people, a lot of pundits, a lot of beat writers have sort of said the exact same point that, mm. you know, making that jump from sort of star or star to superstar is is huge. But I just, <clears throat> just doesn't sit right. Because so, it's like if, you know, I'm just trying to think, like if Steph Curry next year averaged 37 points a game, 37 and 10, he would win the MVP. Mm-hmm. But that's his biggest statistical jump as Jar just made. You know what yeah, I mean? and there'd probably be people making the case for him to make most improved, but it wouldn't feel right ethically. Or like, you're like, oh, well, it's Steph Curry. Like, <laughs> I kind of feel like it's about, it's it's not the same, but it's, I'm just trying mm. to think of something. I know you. Maybe not, you know. Or Jason Tatum, if he did it, you know. some Some guy sitting... Just under superstar status, or no, I think JT's. He went. To, I was going to say. All right, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so he's sitting at superstar, and he went to the MVP. Yeah, okay. one of the greatest all time. I, I don't know. I just I would have voted Darius because he came from like no one thought Darius was going to have the year he did. Maybe you did. <clears throat> Actually, mm. I know you didn't. I know you didn't think he was going to. Yeah, like, no, I'm not going to try claim that. Second leading assister in the league and sort of run the Cavs. I don't think he'd be an all-star. No. And I I don't know. I just think. I get, I understand why Jar got it, but I just, it doesn't feel, it's not very satisfying to me. Yeah. And if you go from a statistical standpoint, Darius went from 17 points to nearly 22, and he bumped his rebounding up from six to eight and a half. But you feel like he had a bigger leap than Jar did this year. What about his assists? Did they say the same? No, I went from six to eight and a half. Oh, sorry. You said rebounding, my bad. Oh, uh, that's my bad. Desmond Bain what also went from, go? Uh, for what it's worth from whew, whew, from a whopping 2.4 to 3.3. Oh, my. I mean, how did this guy miss out? You know? Yeah. And then you got Deontay Murray, like nearly averaging a triple-double, 20 points, like from the point guard position. Uh, come on. Man. The only reason the Spurs were watchable, that bloke. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Desmond so anyway. Bain went from uh, nine points in 22 minutes to then still playing under 30 just minutes, but doubled his scoring. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then you look, you're like, oh, Jar's the reason they, they made the jump. It's totally not. It's Desmond Bain. And it's the play of like Jaron Jackson Jr. and. All these lesser lights. Tyus Jones and all these other cats. You look at the stats uh, or like the games that they didn't have him, it literally had nothing to do with Jar. They were just a good fucking team. 
Yeah. Because of anyway, anyway, I've harped on. Yeah. Uh, another good fucking team, the Toronto Raptors, currently down three two, but you know, still, still kicking, still breathing life they into. Down uh, low, weren't they? They were. Yep. Um, Joel, as you said, is hurt. Got a busted finger in his shooting hand. Didn't seem to affect him too much today, but they're going back to game six. Oh, game six in Toronto. Sorry. So game six in TO. It'll be 3-3. No T-style Nick Nurse is a great coach. Uh, and they do have the rookie of the year in Scotty Barnes. I don't know actually what his status is. I've been out of the loop with Scotty Barnes lately, but uh, do you think... He's playing. Yeah, he do you know when he came so back? Trent Jr. Oh, they're, they're all playing now. Okay. So, obviously, if you've got Scotty Barnes back in the picture, oh, there you go. He had only had 12 points today, but he's played the last couple of games. So, hopefully, he finds his mojo and can deliver uh, at home and make the series go to game seven. But he was the right pick for uh, rookie of the year, you reckon? I would have gone Mobley, but... Splitting hairs, honestly. Like, mm. I can definitely see why Scotty Barnes did it. Felt like he was like weirdly a bit more consistent, and also playing on that. Well, well, Cleveland was a winning team, but um, playing on a really good team, and he's he's. And I guess you could say the same thing for Cleveland, but he's pushed Toronto from being a basement team, who I don't think they were. Anyway, I think they were lucky to nah. get Scotty Barnes at four. They were lucky to be in that position, but they've made that huge jump. Um, it, that was that must have been one of the closest rookie of the years in a while. Like I know, yeah, actually focused on the MVP, but that was a really good rookie of the year count, honestly. Well, they said that he barely won it, but I don't actually have the votes in front of me. Here we go. So I'd love to see him. Scotty Barnes got forty-eight first-place votes. Mobley got forty-three, uh, and the total. Barnes had 378 votes and Mobley had 363. So pretty tight. That's so fucking tight. That yeah. came down to like, well, it came down to the first, but wow. Yeah, that's so tight. Put into and context, right, so, Cage was third on 153. So miles behind. Yeah, and fair enough. Um, I think I would have been happy either way. I like both the players. I think mm. Mobley was better and more important to his team, but whatever Barnes ended the year well as well like post all-star break he went on like a bit of a surge and kind of put his name into the main spotlight so I can see why voters sided with him uh yeah. if that game goes to seven in Philly Toronto stand a chance oh Philly have lost I reckon oh they needed to finish it early if you if you ask me Philly doesn't have a great like Philly's crowd will turn on him like that and Embiid has been playing so much for Joel Embiid. Like it and now he's injured and mm. they've got no one off the bench. They've just lost Thibel, who they're gonna lose a whopping three points. Um, but but they've just got no one. Like you can have the best starting lineup in the league, which they they might be up there in contention for, but yeah, true. in the playoffs it's Toronto's one of the deepest teams. And like I said, fucking one through eight, they just have length. They bother you. And that shows in today's score, 88 points. You know? 
Mm. So Yarkin's playing great. I think they're in real trouble. They'll it'll go to three three, and then I think Joel won't have the legs. He's not a winner. Oh, some real Joel hate being thrown out here. Yeah, and I just don't think they've got the system. I don't actually think Doc Rivers is a good coach. Yeah, he's honest. always he's always been a. How would I define him? He's the he's one that like with elite players his whole yeah career, true since Boston, and he only won it because he had one of the greatest competitors in basketball history. Rajon Rondo. Yeah, uh, I didn't actually realize Philly went up three zero. Imagine if they lose this game and become the first team, uh, lose this series, sorry, become the first team to give up 3-0 lead. That would just bottom my egg roll. Man. Yeah, there are, there are smirks all around game. going on on the Sportsby pod now. Oh, my God. That would dangle amongst the rookies. Whatever you said. <laughs> uh, I promise I won't throw Carl Anthony Towns under the bus again. That'd make about four podcasts in a row, but... Nice to see him bounce back and uh, put some points on the board uh, in game four. That'll be an interesting series. I think they did a better job of getting him a couple more post touches and he looked a bit more engaged. But as we know... That was yesterday, bloke, was it? Yes. Oh, two days ago. Okay. Two days ago. Bloke swings like a pendulum, so who knows what we're going to get. And, uh, man, that game three that they just absolutely oh, man. shut the bed. You're just like, come on, guys. Like, it hurt to watch, eh? Yeah, Cat still had six turnovers. Stereotypical Carl Anthony Downs. Hey, I said I wasn't going to shoot on Cat. Let's uh, let's shoot on the Utah Jazz instead because they're down three two. Luca's back. They're down bad. Donovan Mitchell hurt his strang, uh, and it does not look great for the Utah Jazz. So, oh man, we talked. Oh, I don't think it was last week. It must have been the one before about who we'd rather if you want Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell, if the Utah Jazz is going to blow it up and you want to try and pry one away. But if you're in the Utah Jazz's uh, front office right now and you lose game six, lose the series, (laughs) I was going to say, do you even dare consider trying to run it back with both of them? Or do you try and keep one of them? Or... Do you just try and cash them both in and just go straight back down to the bottom? I don't have an answer for you, mate. <laughs> that, is, that is probably the hardest question in basketball right now, if you ask me. I have no idea. They're in a bit of a predicament. And that, probably part of that comes from not really knowing the Jazz that well. Like, I don't watch them that much. Who the fuck mm-hmm. would? Um, and I don't know, you know who Donnie Mitchell is really. Don't really know who Rudy Gobert is like as a person. Yep. So, I mean, we've said it a lot. You cho- you select bodies and personalities if you're drafting. So if one of them has a ripper personality, I'd keep them. Um, and maybe it's just the chemistry between the two doesn't work. But that's it's pretty. It's a crap foundation to be building off. Right. Yeah. We've seen it so many times. Like it's plagued James Harden his whole career. Like shit people. <laughs> like you know, just don't make good they don't make winners. Um wow, there you go. There's some philosophy for you to fucking yeah. Tuesday night. Shit people don't make winners. Put yeah, on a t shirt. It's probably true. It's probably a it's probably a pretty good life quote. I'll put yeah. that I'll make put it on a shirt. That could be the first sports by price shirt, man. 
People would buy that. Um, I've got no idea, man. Uh, like, part of me would be like, let's get Chet Holmgren. Fuck it. Ooh. Let's get... What they should do is they should try and get Chet Holmgren and then um, the French cat, the se- the other oh, Chet Holmgren. Victor Wemen, Wemen Bayera. Something like that, yeah. Wemen Yab. Yeah, that guy. And just be like... Stradicia, Luke, Luke, hold my look. Yeah, get Victor and, you know, I I got no idea, to be honest. I probably just rambled around in circles for two minutes, but. Hey, that's why I have you on the podcast, because uh, while you're yeah. doing that, I got up the Utah Jazz's uh, salary roll sitch. So they've got Gobert and Donnie on the books for, you know, three plus a player option. Uh, Mike Conley's on the books next year, but then he's got a non-guaranteed deal the year after that. Boyan Bogdanovich comes off the books at the end of next year. Jordan Clarkson has a player option for not next year, but the year after. Royce O'Neal could come off the books. Rudy Gay, whatever. So if I'm the Utah Jazz, I'm going hard into this offseason. I'm like, right, Rudy Gobert, you can go to the Dallas Mavericks. Donnie, you can go to New York. Give us all the picks. Give us some young talents. And I'm trying to just hit bottom because... Mainly, like you said, Victor Wemen Bangangiera is around, but there seems to be so many good young cats coming in to the league in the draft of the next couple of years. And let's be honest, Utah's not signing anyone. I don't see how they get better. If they trade Rudy or Donnie, it's like, you know, blokes like Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson aren't going to be like, all right, we're going to like reload, we'll be good. Like you trade one of them, you may as well trade both of them, in my opinion. Well, might be a bit. you get back. Like if you got true, if yeah. they could send um, Donnie to the Lakers for LeBron James, well then you talk. Then maybe it works. But yeah, uh, man, it's a really tricky situation. Actually, I would like to see Donnie at the Lakers. That'd be right. That'd be a solid fit. Yeah, he seems destined to. I mean, there's a bit of scuttlebutt around Atlanta now that they're seemingly going to lose to Miami. They're down three one as well doing a bit of a like three for one type of deal this off season, like collating some of their depth pieces and going after another big name. So I think the name Zion Williamson was mentioned, but that's a bit of a pipe dream, but you could see like a, maybe a Brad Beal enters the market, maybe a Donnie Mitchell or a Rudy Gobert. Imagine Trey Young and Rudy Gobert. If they just flopped Clint Capella and the other Boyan Bogdanovich into a deal, Bogdan, Bogdan, whatever his name is, Put them together. Uh, that could work. Might not, but yeah, I don't know. Dire times for the Utah Jazz franchise. Yeah, they're they're really fucked. Crap time to buy in Dwayne Wade. Crap time. Yeah, did not time your run well. Uh, those people who bought Brooklyn Nets stock will probably also be uh, looking to short it. Uh, they got swept. They lost to the Boston Celtics in four, which is uh, not anything anyone saw coming. And I think. It probably needs to be more credit to Brook, uh, to Boston than shit is being heaped on Brooklyn. But I want to focus on the Nets for now because Boston we're going to keep talking about in future episodes. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they kept making a surge through the uh, through the East, maybe to the chip, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, but the Brooklyn Nets, they're in a bit of a predicament, much like the Utah Jazz. They've got a Kyrie Irving-sized question hanging over their head he's got his player option for next year 
But if he opts out of that, it's likely that he's in line for a five-year, $250 million extension. I know where your head sits if you were running the Brooklyn Nets as to what you would do with a Kyrie extension, but I think Brooklyn's kind of backed themselves into a corner. I think they kind of have to keep him around because you're going through the rest of their list. I mean, the Kevin Durant factor probably outweighs anything else I'm going to say. If he turns around and is like, no, I want Kyrie, what, what are they going to do? Be like, nah, we're going to go and sign. We're going to re-sign Goran Dragic instead, mate. It's all good. They are best mates, aren't they? Yeah, they do seem pretty tight. Uh, Bruce Brown, Andre Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, and Goran Dragic all come off their books this year. Uh, Nick Claxton's a restricted free agent, but they're in a very interesting situation because if I heard it on Bill Simmons' podcast the other day, Kevin Durant, is still Kevin Durant. He's still getting lots of buckets. But he was having some very like uncharacteristic turnovers in that playoffs. Again, credit to Boston's defense. But dude's like 15 years into his career. He's had a couple of like major injuries. What if we're like just about to reach the tipping point? KD goes over the other side of the ledge. Like he's what, 34, I think, 33? Actually, let let me double check that. He is 33. So, you know, he doesn't have... Tons of miles left on him. He's played a lot of basketball as well. He was drafted by the Supersonics. That's how long he's been in the league. Do you reckon we could see a very messy end to this, what was shaping up to be a legendary Brooklyn saga for KD and Kyrie? I think that, well, the fact that they've got a ton coming off the books makes me pretty... I'm already sort of thinking, well, Ben Simmons will play next year. Yep, true. Um, And he would have been huge for them. like Massive. He gives them what they don't really have, like a threat in the dunker position and elite defense at honestly all five positions, Mm -hmm. which would have just been massive. Like It didn't feel like they could – Marcus Smart probably averaged like 20 points a game like in the the series. Like That's just too much for Marcus Smart to average. Wouldn't surprise me. Tatum and Brown walked around doing whatever they wanted. Um, Al Horford scored, had that, that 20, 50, 20 and 15 game. It, they just had no one to defend. And I feel like a lot of those turnovers you're talking about with KD is because look at who he's throwing to, mate. Like, mm. I kind of like Claxon. I kind of like Brown. I, we, everyone loves Paddy Mills, but he wasn't out there. Um, they do got, have Joe Harris to come back as well. It's I was going to say, They've got Seth Curry who's like looking like he'll go out as one of the greatest shooters of all time, not in like a volume standpoint, but percentage. Nah, I agree with that take. That's a good call. Sure. And then Joey Harris is also right up there. They would have been so helpful to stretch that defense, which it looked like was just collapsing on KD. And, you know, KD's KD still makes those buckets. But it's that would have made things so much harder for Kyrie Irving, as good of a ball handler as he is. Him having to weave through four blokes every time would really would have was it was just an, always a recipe for disaster. So <clears throat> with those guys, with Harris coming back, Ben Simmons coming back, and all of that cap space to go and sign guys who are looking for championships. In and you think of guys like the Jay Crowders who went and joined the Suns and a sort of reaping the rewards now um find some of those guys like you can probably pick up Boyan Bogdanovich at a premium 
uh, sorry, a discount right now, or, a, you know, someone like that to, and just role players. Cause that's all they need. They've got the, yeah, stars, true. they've got the centerpieces. They've got the auxiliary shooters. They've got the soon They'll soon have the, like one of the best defenders in the league. Who's a huge rim threat and is a great facilitator as well. Let's not forget that. Um, I'm not worried about Brooklyn at all, but I hear what you're saying. Like that it could be very messy, and there's that's still definitely on the table. But if their front office does like half of a good job, they'll be all right. But you're right, the window is is sort of the door is sliding closed on their championship aspirations, that's sure. It's starting to yeah, starting to get to nut crunch time. They need to put a championship or make the finals, that type of thing. And I mean, the exact opposite of what we were talking about with Utah before, people will be queuing up to play with Durant and Kyrie. Like if you're a big man who just wants to run, run the floor, catch a couple of lobs, rebound, kind of like, like there's no reason why Drummond won't re-sign for like the vet minimum or something, right? Like they get a couple of pieces like that. I think that's probably the most glaring Hole because, like you said, they got the shooters, they've got Ben Simmons to come back in as a great defender, they've got two of the top five scorers, two of the top eight scorers, whatever you want to say, in the league. So, if they can add a couple of big, clunky pieces to replace potentially Drummond, Lamarcus, and Blake, or bring back Dre and get another piece or two, re sign Claxton, get a healthy Joe Harris, Patty Mills, and Seth Curry, like they've got. Got the tools to challenge and to contend, but yeah, clock's ticking for sure. Totally agree. Clock's ticking on the uh, Phoenix Suns as well and Chris Paul's uh, championship aspirations. And there's a pesky Pelicans outfit in their way. I didn't think uh, the Celtics would sweep Brooklyn, and I also didn't think that that series between New Orleans and Phoenix would be locked up at 2 2 going into game five. But Credit to Brandon Ingram. He's the first Pell to score 30 points in three straight games. Uh, playoffs? Yeah, in playoff games. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, playoff games. Um, and they've got, you know, Jonas Valanciunas is playing like a beast. Herb Jones and uh, Alvarado are playing great defense and firing up the crowd. So have we actually got a, a series in our hands? As long as Devin Booker's hammy's questionable, then... Absolutely. And I don't know if we said this on the podcast or if it was just us chatting. They don't have the guys like the Warriors do who just at any moment with this is without Booker or even with Booker, maybe who just can literally be like, I'm grabbing this game. Like I'm going to hit four straight threes like Clay can do or Steph can mm. do and just rip your heart out. They don't have that. Um, and you got to remember that. Since I think it was since the um, what's his name trade for great guy CJ McCollum, yep. Um, since they since the trade for McCollum, they've been a top 10 offense and defense. I heard the other day, which is just like that's a recipe for a championship. They've got a bit of depth, they've got a bit of energy, they've got a lot of energy. There's probably this like renewed hope. They absolutely fleece the fucking Blazers for that. For that That's trade. ridiculous in hindsight, eh? Oh, it is. It's just unbelievable. The the Blazers are in so much trouble. Um, yeah, I think this is a genuine series, and I I still think um, Phoenix can win it, but 
I would. I still think Phoenix will win it, but definitely could go to seven. And there is a chance that New Orleans pulls off one of those rare eight-one or one-eight upsets in the first round. See, I think uh, game four was like the perfect encapsulation of a home crowd like firing up a playoff team to like get a win. They had like raucous crowd going nuts. Chris Paul had like the worst statistical playoff game he's ever had. I think it was like the most turnovers he's had. I think before going into that game, he had like, fuck, I might be wrong with this stat, but he had something like 41 assists to four turnovers at one point. Like that graphic flashed up during the game. I was like, that's ridiculous. So you're right. The Devin Booker absence is a huge question mark over the series, but I'm picking the Pels, sorry, the Suns, to win the next two. Take care of business in game five at home. But the sports fan in me kind of wants to see it go seven because anything can happen in game seven. Ingram's been playing great. CJ, he's been playing Robin to Dame Lillard's Batman for years. So if he keeps doing that with Brandon Ingram, there's no reason why they can't challenge Phoenix over the next three games. But I think Phoenix has enough heady veterans and enough experience to get the job done. It's They've only got – heady veterans will only get you so far if you True. can't score the basketball. And I tell you what, like the Suns, they only had 103 in that game. The Pels dropped 118 on them. And the Pels might have the three best scorers in that series right now. When you think about it. Who'd be the third? Valanciunas? Mm, yeah. Who the fuck's scoring for the Suns right now? Who is going to put the ball in the basket? Because Chris Paul went down, but they still had Devin Booker, who is a, who is a you know, he's probably a top 10 scorer. He's a great scorer. He's a great basketball yeah. player. But who the fuck is going to score? Is Mikhail Bridges going to give him 20? Probably not. Chris Paul. I think Aiden's been averaging 20 for the series, but. Yeah, he had 23, but that seems like, well, man, he actually ate up. Valentinus feels like they should have fed him more, but I, I don't think he's going to average 23 like he had in that game mm. that they just lost. I don't think Cam is it Cam Johnson? Yeah, I don't yep. think Cam Johnson's going to do much better than the 13 he gave out. I don't think Jay Crowder's going to do much better than the 11 that he gave out. Shamit seven, Payne eight, McGee 14. Like you just look at those numbers that the Suns players sort of put up, maybe with the exception of Bridges and Paul, but you're like, I don't think they're going to do anything any better than what they just did without De- Devin Booker is the key. I, I really am worried about the Suns. I, I agree. I think they're going to win it in seven, but I just, they just don't have the scoring. Like, but luckily they got a good system. Yeah, that's true. They got a lot going right for them, including the fact that they play game five at home. The uh, last team we're going to talk about does not play game five at home. They're on the road to the, Chase Center? Is that what it's called? Might be Arena? Yeah. Chase Center? Chase Center Center sounds right, but anyway. The uh, Denver Nugs. We could be staring down the barrel of... uh, We are staring down the barrel of an elimination game. This might be uh, the final game of the Nugs season. How... uh, Obviously, it's all grain of salt because they're missing their second and third best players. And it's actually been a, a bit of a weird series, if you ask me. Like, Denver's probably put up more of a fight than I thought they would, but Golden State just looks like they are rolling. 
So do you have any hope of this going uh, the distance or being extended, or is this curtains for the Nugs? I have a lot of hope. They won both games in chase this year. Mind mm-hmm. you, that was without Draymond. But Jokic, like I, I think we definitely said this on the pod last year, uh, last week, is the probably the smartest player in the league. And he has seen the Warriors four games in a row. The last two, he's, he's got 37 both games, I think, or close to it. He's figured it out. So all of a sudden, you've got the MVP, the smartest basketballer on the planet, arguably LeBron and Chris Paul, the other two you could probably make a case for. Yep. Totally figured it out. And he's probably the, you know, no one touches the ball more than him. He's figured the Warriors out. So that's kind of all you need to give you a little bit of hope. But the other thing that I think happens, has ha- you could look at the last four years for the Nuggets, Mike Malone is a really slow coach to adjust. And he's like just stupid and pig-headed and he shits me to tears. But when he finally does make the adjustment, it's always when we're in a 3-1 hole or some bullshit. Yeah, just before it's too late. He's made the adjustment now, which is Rivers played 32 minutes, got five steals and did a really good job of containing Pool. He's throwing him at Pool and Pool had a shit game. Pool's banged up. Draymond did his ankle. I actually have a, and the Nuggets are healthy. I got a bit of faith that this will go to at least six. Um, I, I, if, if I, you know, I can't be so one-eyed to deny like how great Golden State is and how dangerous they are. But I think that combination of good, good changes finally being made by Malone, Jokic is the smartest player in the world and he's figured out the defense and he's just doing whatever he wants now. And we've seen that in the last two games. Aaron, and that's opened Aaron Gordon up a bit. Jordan Poole, like we sort of said, just isn't going to stay as hot as he was, and he wasn't. And I think that's what they've tried to do. They've said, well, we can't stop Clay. Definitely no one has ever been able to stop Curry. So let's just stop Poole and live with it and sort of back ourselves to do the rest. And I think it's happened. And so I reckon, I reckon Denver win. It's not tomorrow. It's the day after, I think. Yeah, it is. I think they win in two days, and I think there's a good chance that they win game six at home and make it a ripping playoff series. I fucking hope so. I... Oh, so And, you know, maybe there's a little bit of dreamer in me there, but Course. I, just, I feel confident in – I just am so confident in Nikola Jokic, man. He's so good. Hard not to be, mate. Blokes had yeah. 37 in back-to-back playoff games and – uh He's probably in line to win his second consecutive MVP. So, all right, before we go, uh, I want you to tell me if any of the underdogs in this series can win. Miami, Atlanta. Uh, is it a 3-1? Yep. If it wasn't, if it was 2-1, I would say absolutely Atlanta can win, but no. no and the Clint Capella thing's huge, I think. Yep. Minnesota, Memphis, that's locked at 2-2, but you'd say Minnesota's the... Under seed, lower seed. Underdog. Uh, if you'd asked me a week ago, I would have said absolutely. Um, but after watching that game three, man, that was just so. I mean, I guess the one thing you have to maybe take away from that is like, oh, they were up by twenty points twice, so that means <laughs> they were doing okay. Pass um, our full. 
Yeah, but Cat just sucks. He's yeah. sucks, man. Uh, so, no. We won't worry about the Phoenix New Orleans series. We've yarned about that enough. Uh, same with Denver Golden State. Chicago and Milwaukee. Can the Bulls pull off a comeback? Down 3 1. Just Middleton out. Grayson Allen had 27 today or yesterday. Mm. Um, probably not. But maybe. And uh, like they they at least have the cattle to potentially do it. But I don't think so. Just think, I think the, the pedigree of Milwaukee will get it done. We know uh, Utah's not getting it done. We talked about that. And we know that Toronto's obviously going to win and become the first team to come back from a 3-0 deficit. Second will obviously be the Denver Nuggets later in the playoffs. That'd be nice. Uh, You didn't get away with it. It's time for the uh, useless sports by Fry stat. Because I had one in the chamber ready because of the Boston and uh, Brooklyn game. But now that that's a sweep, we got a... First round sweep, obviously. When do you reckon the last playoffs where there hasn't been a first round sweep? Oh, oh I think I'd be stabbing in the dark here. You would um, be. Think. Uh, oh, how can I give you? How can I give you a hint without giving it away? Think Chris Webber. Um. Okay. Fuck uh, no! It's twenty years ago. So you go in 2002? Sure. 2003, one year off. You know what's so funny? As soon as you said two, I was, I was like, ah, three sounds better. I yeah. almost stopped you, but I'm glad I didn't. That would have looked like a pox come. Oh, well. Still nailed it. Uh, close enough, 20 years since. And that's the only time since they've gone to the best of seven series that there was a first round um, without a sweep. 2003? Isn't. Unbelievable. That mm. is so hard to believe. Yeah, you're welcome. Well done. That's a good sports be fact, man. That might be one of your best. Yeah, because <laughs> we've got a lot of contenders to uh, challenge. Yeah. All right. It's like well done. the boys uh, are running on fumes after a hefty weekend, but we'll get back to our regular scheduled programming next Monday. Uh, thanks for joining JLo. We'll see you next time. Bagus.